What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at Mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple. And we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's fine as long as it's a world where Oreos still exist. It's Sif Pop. just realized I probably shouldn't be bobbing my head since I can't really hear the music. <laughs> You're totally I'm, off. I'm totally off beat. This is, is this is an audio podcast, Andrew. Nobody can see you bobbing your head anyway. Uh, Look at that guy. Look at that guy Look bobbing that. his head. This is crazy. <laughs> hey, is Oreos the thing that you couldn't live without? It, it might be. It mm. might be. The one thing. We'll find out yours here in a second, but let's continue the intro, shall we? Yeah, okay. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer. He's my talented and treasured co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy. And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Yeah, I think if Oreos disappeared, that'd be a bad day for me. I really enjoy those. Mm. I enjoy Oreo shakes. I enjoy, you know, Oreo thins. I enjoy Oreo mints. Yeah. Like, it's it's a good cookie. It's a good all-around thing. <laughs> the grasshoppers just aren't the same. Yeah. Uh, what is it for you? Aside from things like puppies and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, I'm, I did but, quite mention puppies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my family. Yes, Steve, I know there are things. Stephen King books. Okay. That would be a really sad thing to if lose. Stephen, if we, if, yeah, if you yeah. got in a bike accident and the world had never... Could you rewrite all of Stephen King's books? 
I could probably give a fair good plot synopsis for the Dark Tower. The plot synopsis, yeah. Like like a really detailed version of every book, but you right, know, he yeah. just has a... You just have to option the stories, because you're not going to rewrite the I'll books. I'll get a ghostwriter. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just, just option the stories for movies and TV or whatever. Yeah. They make a pretty good living on that. Yeah. Be like, yeah, I have all this idea for all these amazing interconnected yeah. universe stories. Oh, man. How good would it be if we lost the internet? How good would it be? Oh, it would be amazing if we lost the internet. Why? It's, okay, I'll, I'll rephrase it. How good would it be if we lost social media? <laughs> that would be so I great. I like if, social media. Uh, it's too toxic sometimes. Uh, well, that's the use. See, you got to differentiate between the tool and the way people use the tool, right? Like, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be used to be toxic. I know a lot of cool people on social media. We aren't toxic to each other. I'm toxic. We have fun. <laughs> You're toxic. I'm toxic. All right. Britney Spears is toxic. I was just about to say, man, you beat me to it. I was right there. Uh, we're going to have a good time on today's show, uh, as you may have guessed by our uh, banter about things that we may miss. We are going to chat about yesterday, uh, the movie, uh, today. Yeah. So this is yesterday's Sif Pop. Yes. Today. Today. Yeah. It's, an, it's, a, nice, it's a nice little Abbott I mean, and Costello routine. What's crazy is people can listen to this tomorrow no <laughs> no one who's listening to this is it's tomorrow it's always today you're always listening to this today yeah when are you hearing this today tomorrow no it's not possible tomorrow land <laughs> yeah there's the abbott and costello routine yeah yesterday and tomorrow land yeah in the today show uh, all right, so we're going to have a great time doing that. We've got uh, all the fun, usual Sif Pop stuff. We're going to be doing our buried treasure at the end, which will be fun to see what we've been checking out. Uh, we've got a, uh, a Sift quest on um, who we would get to direct possible Disney live-action remakes, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, and then instead of a best-ever challenge today, we're going to do our first half of the year award. So we're going to pick our favorite movies and performances from the first half of 2019. Spoiler alert, rough year. One of the worst years in film so far. Yeah. I, man, I, I am glad other people are saying it because I would feel like I've lost my mind no. with how bad this year has been. Yeah. I just it's it is the direct opposite of how I felt last year. <laughs> it's like this is one of the best years ever. Starting from number three on my list, that probably would have ranked like fortieth or something like that from last year. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's crazy. I was looking through for my half, you know first half awards, and I'm like. I don't want to award any of this junk. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I'm like, oh, I guess I, I guess I got to give that an award. I guess so. I have to pick a third one. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it, it was rough. It definitely was rough. So we'll get into a little bit of that. Of course, we're going to uh, review the movie yesterday as well. But we like to kick it off with some Do We Care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss, and we must decide. Do we care mm -hmm. or not? Number one, Taika Waititi will be bringing us Flash Gordon movie. So, Flash. Yeah. Ah, savior of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board. I Who's think doing the soundtrack? That's all that matters. They have to get the Queen song again. They have to get the Queen song. No, you do something new, right? Like you have, you know, a Flight new Flight of the Concords do it? Sure, I don't care. Just who, you know, the idea is, I don't know. You Actually, want to do the you know same what? thing over again. Taika Waititi has worked with Flight of the Concords That's in right the past. That's right, he has. I think that would actually, like, just their style of humor. And sure. if Taika was to come at this from that angle, mm -hmm. I think I'm actually kind of excited for this movie. Yeah. Not that it's Flash Gordon, but that Taika Waititi here 
is taking control of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> that guy is pretty funny. He I is. love Ragnarok and I love Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. And uh, did you ever finally see what we do in the shadows? I have not. Ah, you need to get on that. Do I? You really do, okay. honestly. Movie first, then the TV show? I don't even know if the TV show's out yet, is it? Oh, yeah. TV show's been on on FX for a while. Has it? Yeah. Oh, I, keep, well. I keep wanting to check in on it, but I haven't seen the movie, and so yeah. I'm just like, I wonder if I need to see the movie first. But you don't know, because you haven't seen the TV show. It's true. Uh, all right. We're at opposite ends here. But, yeah. Uh, did you Have you ever seen Flash Gordon? Uh, I actually have. Yeah. Uh, I don't know for sure that I watched it all, though. I feel like I watched a part of it and I was like, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna watch something else. <laughs> Space football players. It's just. It seemed very strange to me and uh, not something I was in on. Oh, you're. You're. You're not wrong. It's a strange movie. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for it because I think that he's gonna treat it. Yeah, I was about to. I was about to say with the respect it deserves, but. Yeah, I guess that is kind of what the respect it deserves. I don't know. There's certain directors. A mockery of it. Like 21 Jump Street was, I think, the oh, perfect. Oh, you think that's what he'll do? You think he's going to do like a, a, a mockery? Com- a mockery of it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I really Do you not see, do you see him trying to do a. Well, I, I wouldn't call other stuff he's done a mockery at all. I would call it a, a quirky sense of humor. I guess what I was going for is taking something that was serious and then mm-hmm. trying to put a lighter humor on it than mm. before. Okay. So. Yeah. Possibly. It was meant to be serious? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. Was yeah. Flash Gordon meant to be serious when it came out? I, I don't know, man. It was... <laughs> all I know is it's great. Somebody explain the 70s to me. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Emperor Ming will explain it all. Number two. Number two. Selma Hayek has joined the cast for Marvel's The Eternals. Okay. We are getting a pretty stellar cast here for this movie. I mean, is it a surprise for a Marvel movie, though? No, but, you know, I guess it's just every single time there's casting news, I'm like, ah, that's the one person in Hollywood, yeah, that should have been in a Marvel movie, but they're finally here now. Yeah. Welcome aboard. Yeah, she's great. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see. I I have zero idea what this movie is, and that excites me. And, and the reason that excites me is because both times that's happened... Um, Guardians. I, Guardians and Iron Man, the very first one, mm. uh, were great experiences. It was like, introduce me to this new world and characters. Or Strange. And, um, yeah, Doctor Strange I knew a little bit more about because, you know, uh, just because... People. People, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, the two that I completely had no clue about were Guardians and Iron Man when they happened. Well, then I won't tell you anything about Eternals. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Yeah. You know uh, enough about it that you know what, like, the character she's playing, that kind of thing? Oh, they haven't announced any characters per But I wonder if you had a guess, because you know more about the Eternals than I did. No. Okay. No. All right. Yeah. I could make a guess, but I don't want to. All right. Fair enough. Um, So, yeah, I'm right there with you on the whole Marvel, like, lesser-known properties, you know, finally getting the line, your, uh, their spot in the light. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, tell great stories. You've yeah. got all this rich material to draw from. I'm, you know, it's time to move on to whatever the next, you know, part of the Marvel story is, and let's get there. I don't know if that's what I'm the most, or if that's really what I'm the most excited for. Yeah. Like an Eternals movie, or if I'm just excited for... What are they going to do in Phase Four? You know, yeah. like because I think all we know is the Black Widow movie and Eternals, and uh, as far as MCU movies, mm-hmm. 
Is there something else that's been officially announced, like besides a sequel? Like, right. you know, uh, Strange right, you've got the 2 strange or sequel, Guardians. You've got the Guardians coming out. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I don't think anything else has been okay. officially announced uh, yeah. other than sequels. Because you got Panther 2, you know, yeah. it's coming out at some point as well. Mm-hmm. Sex Panther 2, yep. No, that's not, no, that's that's not what it's called. Yeah. Um, but uh, 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> that's right. All right. Number three. Number three. Melissa McCarthy is being looked at to play the live-action Ursula in The Little Mermaid. I'm glad we're talking about this. Uh, we'll be talking about The Little Mermaid a little bit later as well um, with the SIF uh, Quest. I have some ideas. Oh, okay. They haven't announced a director, have they? No. For The Little Mermaid? Okay, good. Then I've, I've got some. I've got an idea for you. Uh, but originally, I was thinking they were talking about Lady Gaga possibly yeah. doing Ursula, and I really liked that idea. Um, I know there's a real movement for... Um, you know, like a drag queen or somebody to play Ursula because she's such a huge character in that community. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I think Melissa McCarthy will do a fine job. You know, it's a little yeah. more. I, I don't. I, she's a, well, she's a she's such a, a comedian mm-hmm. that it's a little more comedian than I thought we were going to go with this casting. I thought yeah. we'd go with somebody who has a little darker of an edge. I've seen but... Melissa McCarthy be pretty serious before, mm-hmm. and I th- hope that's the route she takes. Well, and, and let's let's be honest. It will be, you know, 20% Melissa McCarthy and 80% digital effects, right? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't, the, uh, Ursula doesn't Waste seem... Waste up McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't seem like a character that we're going to go practical on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but who knows? Who knows what Disney's going to do? Yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting. Like I said, like I said when we reviewed uh, Aladdin, I'm back on board, man. I just keep making them. Like I'm I'm the one guy in the movie loving community that's like I love these Disney remakes. Keep yeah. bringing them on. Everybody else is tired, and I'm just like, overall they've been great. Dumbo is the only huge miss for me. You know, other than that, they've all been really good. <laughs> they've been great because we've seen the movies before. That's fine with me. I, you know, like I had a good time. So. I, I do know. have something to say, but obviously I'm going to save it for our Sift Quest. All right, so. let's do it then. Let's save it but for them. But you know what? That is going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Very nice. Um, I am ready to talk about this movie. I have so much to say about this movie. Ooh, interesting. Let's talk about Yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away. Oh, I believe in yesterday. When did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? John, Paul, George and Ringo, the Beatles. No. Stop it. Yesterday. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Well, it's not Coldplay. It's not Fix You. Jack Malik is a struggling singer-songwriter in an English seaside town whose dreams of fame are rapidly fading, despite the fierce devotion and support of his childhood best friend, Ellie. After a freak bus accident during a mysterious global blackout, Jack wakes up to discover that the Beatles have never existed. That's where you dun, do that. Thank you. I was waiting for it. <laughs> Performing songs by the greatest band in history to a world that has never heard them, Jack becomes an overnight sensation with a little help from his agent. Not friends. I was going to go with friends there. Still a little Beatles, but it's, no, it's agent. Uh, let's talk about yesterday. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, uh, hate it, or it was just okay? I liked it. Yeah. You liked it. I did not. 
Um, I can see why you don't like it. I can see why a lot of people would have problems with this movie. Here's a, This is an interesting one for me. I'm going to say this. I'm going to go on the high side of it was okay. Okay. Almost into liked it, which is very strange um, because I have a lot of problems with this. I mean, Same. a lot of problems with this movie. Big problems that are not, that are very difficult for me to overcome uh, with this movie. But there's something about it that it just, it's a fine movie. It's like, like it's one of those movies where I can watch it and go, okay. Um, I would have done so much of this differently. I would have prioritized so many different things than they did. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a better movie here. But I can see somebody enjoying it for what it is. Um, it's pleasant enough. You know, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know, sometimes that's exactly what you want. Yeah. But uh, sometimes you want a steak. So. I don't see this as being rewatchable. Yeah, I mean that is where the PB and J analogy does fail because you you they want are to, very you can, yes you are very you can very much rewatch a peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah uh, no I I don't here's what's again interesting the reasons I don't like it make it not rewatchable the reasons it's okay maybe make it rewatchable. If yeah. those are the reasons you love the movie, it is kind of a movie you would go back to. If you know, and let, let's just get into it. If you like the chemistry between these two, which I do, I think it's fine. Uh, if you want a, a rom com, this is a rom com. Good soundtrack. Um, you know, yeah, <laughs> killer soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, I can see you wanting to go back and revisit that because you like these people and you want to be in their world and. You know, kind of experience them. Um, but what's interesting to me, by the way, this is Danny Boyle, right? Yeah. Like, uh, that kind of blows my mind because I would, if you had shown me this movie, I would have never pegged this as a Danny Boyle movie. There are some elements in it that if you know it's Danny Boyle, you can see, like, sure. oh, yeah, yeah, that's, sure. that's a Danny Boyle, uh, like, stamp right there. But. Sure. No, absolutely. But, um, but yeah, beyond for me, beyond the the just the simple likability of the characters, um, Lily James is just adorable. I have such a huge crush on Lily James right now. Like everything I've seen her in, I don't know. There's just something about her spirit that's just so interesting and yeah. and fun and joyful, and and she plays this character in an interesting way. I think. Mm -hmm. um, but here's here's the other thing, and again, we're gonna come away. I promise you, you're gonna come away from this feeling like I hate this movie because I'm gonna say a lot of negative things. Yeah, and I want to reemphasize it's fine for what it is. But even the romance part of it doesn't work for me. No, in the end. it doesn't. And and that's that's tough because that's the movie it wants to be, right? Yeah. That at the end of the day, if there's any of these things this movie could have been. That is the one thing it definitely is trying to be is a rom-com, is definitely trying to be a romance where you're invested in this couple. And the way that that, that finishes off just, man, poof, it just doesn't work for me. So, you know, that's that's kind of the short of it for me. You, you say some things, Andrew. You tell me. <laughs> tell me some good stuff. The concept, the actual premise for this movie is fascinating and it's sure. unique. Yes. I like that. I always applaud whenever a movie can be, you know, not another run-of-the-mill, you know, kind of movie. Right. I've never seen anything like this before. And once you think of it, you're like, oh, yeah, 
why hasn't this been done before? Yeah, we've seen like the It's a Wonderful Life idea where you explore what You've if I've it. never existed. Or yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to to revisit that that hole in your film uh, film yeah. watching experience. <laughs> uh, but the wonderful It's a Wonderful Life idea is what if I never existed? What yeah. if I weren't in this world? Right. But the idea of just a piece of pop culture not being in the world for some reason, yeah. if it's been explored, it certainly hasn't been explored in a way that I, you know, am aware of or remember. And so, yeah, that's yeah. definitely it is a fascinating concept, which, again, leads to some frustrating things. But, yeah, continue. Um, but I was saying that the whole romance of this thing, it didn't work for me as whereas you said, like, you thought the chemistry between these two. Yes. I think... And they're likable. They're, they're both likable. They're likable, yeah. but I just don't see them together, if that makes sense. Like, I don't... Hmm. Character motivations for why... I don't want to say too much. Hopefully this won't be too much. Character motivations for why she continuously pursues this for him for so long. Mm-hmm. I'll just say character choices in this movie aren't really that fleshed out really mm-hmm. and uh yeah but i can see myself wanting them to be together in yeah. a diff- in a different in a different movie that's done a little bit differently especially with a different um uh climax i can see wanting these two to get together um yeah. you know there there is something interesting about and it's not the first time it's been done but certainly usually it's the guy pining for the girl in this in this movie, it's the girl pining for the guy, you know, waiting for the guy to wake up and realize that it, you know, might yeah. want to be more than friends, kind of thing. That is a little bit of a reversal, yeah. And I, I found that again for most movies, and I, I did find that interesting and something worth exploring and thinking about. But it just it didn't really go where I wanted it to go. <laughs> I'm already ready to talk about the things I hate about this. Isn't movie. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Because even you said you liked it too. Yeah. And it's just, and I know a lot it's of it. It's the music. It, uh, that is a huge part of it. Yeah. Um, man, I think hearing these songs, we've had three great experiences recently with that idea, right? We had Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, hearing this Queen music in the best you know, possible setting, Rocket Man. I don't know. Did you get a chance to see Rocket Man? No, but I do love Elton John. Oh, hearing that Elton John stuff in really? the theater was so great. By the way, I like Rocket Man more than Bohemian Rhapsody, which isn't a surprise because I didn't really like Bohemian Rhapsody. Sure. But... Um, but yeah, so that's neither here nor there. Actually, it's more there than here. But uh, and then third, uh, the Beatles. You know, yeah. being able to hear all this music in such a, a powerful uh, way is is absolutely great. That is probably the best thing about the movie for me. Yeah, is being able to hear these songs uh, on the best stereo system in town. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, things I didn't like. I'll just say that there's two shadowy characters that we are kind of curious about okay the payoff for them is one of the most infuriating things about this movie for me okay like there's such a meh factor to the actual story arcs in mm-hmm. this movie that By the way, we're gonna so talk about a lot we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff in spoilers yeah because there's there's a lot of specifics that we're not going to go in just yeah. in case you uh haven't seen the movie but um but yeah, no, I actually disagree with that. Really? It, it was one of uh, because again, I uh, I actually kind of figured it was going there. That's I, I I kind of assumed that was what was going to happen because I like the idea that it brings forth. Um, so I didn't mind that too much. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
So what do you got that you hate? For negatives? Yeah. Oh, man. What a waste of a concept uh, yeah. in my mind. Uh, this movie barely scratches the surface on the ideas you could explore in what's going on here. And it scratches the surface in such a frustrating way because it, it wants to just throw information at you without ever considering what that information means. Yeah. So it, a it, Google sh- search is not a... A delivery, you know, you need right. ramifications for yes. certain things. Yes. there, There's information given to you in this movie that, it, even beyond the Beatles, yeah. that is world-changing. Yeah. And you have to address... If you're going to say that, you... For my brain, again, this is just there's me talking... Part- actually, there's two in particular. That- I think they're all this way, but yes, there are some more than others. And it's just like... You can't go there and then never explore what it means. Yeah. The movie actually does this in a couple ways that's, that is very frustrating. Um, it doesn't explore any of the resolutions of these things that were talked about. No, yeah, there's it, no resolution for anything. It, and it also doesn't explore the resolution of the actual story of the movie. Yeah, I was just about to say the movie itself doesn't have a resolution. No, there's nothing there. Again, if they're going for the rom-com, maybe there's a resolution there because that's obviously what they want to focus on. But as far as the concept goes... That's not what the movie's marketed as. Right. It's That's a great point. It's marketed as a concept film because it is a concept film. Yeah. There are moments where this movie offers a glimpse of what it could have been. There's a moment uh, that is a conversation with, I'll just say a famous person, and that offers a glimpse at an idea of what this movie could have explored if mm-hmm. it really wanted to. And there are just such, th- those glimpses are so frustrating because you're like, yeah, now tell me more. Now tell me, now go a little further. Now, because you know what's going to happen if you go a little further? Your themes are going to be deeper. The idea that me driving home from the theater, I'm going to be thinking about different things more, you know. Uh, that to me is the, um, I guess the the real success of a concept movie is when I really want to dig into it on the ride home and, you know, think about yeah. it more. And what's crazy is you would think by giving less answers you would want to dig into it more. But if you don't give me enough answers to even have a foundation of what's going on, what do I have to dig into? Yeah. I don't have anything to dig into in this world. Um, so, so yeah, this it's just very frustratingly blank when it comes to the consequences and, and what it wants to deal with. Uh, and I think that's that can be a very... Uh, frustrating thing yeah. uh, and then it, and then as i mentioned the other huge negative for me is it bungles the romance at the end um it, the, the there is zero authenticity in my opinion to how their relationship uh culminates uh at the end it just does not it doesn't feel right in any way to yeah. me it's just weird i can't wait to talk about it in spoilers because it's one of the weirdest things i've ever seen in a rom-com i'll just say there's a third wheel that has like the most awkward, like yeah, I don't like how that played out at all. Third wheel, uh, wheel is weird. The actual big moment is weird. You know how every rom com has that big moment. Mm-hmm. The the big moment is just like that's that's the big moment in this movie. Yeah, because it's a, it's a weird big moment that tries not only to uh, bring our rom com to a culmination of this romance, but also say some things about the concept of the movie and it doesn't do either well you know yeah so 
I just yeah it's just there's so many frustrating things in this movie uh, do we like uh, the agent did you uh, think oh, she was fun Kate McKinnon, Kate McKinnon yeah no no? I, hate, I hate that character. I'll tell you why I hate that character. <laughs> I and I like can't it. believe that I'm saying I hate a Kate McKinnon character because I love her so much. Because every single character in this movie is played off as a genuine person, but she is the only caricature of a type of person. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I can see that. So she doesn't fit into this world that they're trying to make, where every other person seems pretty genuine, like they're not, you know, mm-hmm. crazy and bombastic, you know? But she is, and it just doesn't feel right. It felt it didn't feel totally out of place to me, but I can see what you're saying. It did for me. Right, and I can see how somebody might feel that way. I think overall what it's sounding like is I enjoyed the charm and humor of this world a little bit more than you. Um, I think there are some funny moments here. I think that's why I'm able to come away going, I maybe could kind of see how people would like this because there, it doesn't, there's enough smiles throughout this, you know, little lines here, you know, a little thing there. I'm going to give a line um, because when I watch the preview afterwards, I know it's in the preview, but things like, you know, it's not cold place fix you. You know, yeah. like that kind of stuff. That's a smile, right? Like yeah. that's a like that's funny. That's you know interesting. The things um, we were talking about, actually, the world changing ramifications of it all. Some of those, I was like, oh yeah, but it's when you leave and you start thinking about it that yeah. you're like, oh wait a minute, yeah, that doesn't hold up. Yeah, a lot of stuff doesn't hold up. There's also here's here's the other thing that's really frustrating about just scratching the surface, and I think I've talked about themes a little bit. You could the, this. You could do such beautiful stuff with the idea of what makes great art, right? And is it because it happens exactly when it's supposed to happen? This movie again scratches the surface at the idea that what if somebody came up with the Beatles songs today, but they just they wouldn't work today because it's a different world, you know that kind of idea. Um, and again, it just it's not willing to actually really go there. But it kind of hints at it in a couple of key moments in a way that I'm like, yes, yes, follow that route. Go, let's, let's talk about that more. Let's go down that more. And it just, it never does. Yeah. Uh, Ed Sheeran, you want to talk a little bit about uh, I don't Eddie Sheeran? I don't know the guy enough to like even, I don't know a single Ed Sheeran song. No, I take that back. He had that one song in The Hobbit, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what song you're talking. I'm not. I'm not necessarily into Ed Sheeran as as well. Yeah. But um, does I mean, he do the? Was it the Shape of You? Isn't that his big hit? I don't. I know. don't listen to Anyways. music. Remember? Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, we're not the, necessarily the people to talk to about it. Exactly. But as an actor, what did you think? I mean, it was serviceable. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, Fair he's enough. he's playing himself, so yeah. I, I just assume that's who he is. So yeah. Yeah. Good job, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I think what became evident to me is that uh, he has, he definitely is is willing to um, take shots at himself, which I think is nice, you know? Yeah. I, are they playing him off? Like, I don't, like, obviously I don't listen to his music. Right. But, like, is he supposed to be, like, if the Beatles were never a band, he would be considered the iconic. That's what the movie says for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's a great song. I think he is considered one of the greatest songwriters okay. uh, that's living right now. So, so yes, I think there is that idea. But the movie definitely is saying that, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. that he would be, you know, kind of the modern representation of that artistic, you know, kind of All right. genre. Well, maybe I should listen to some of his music then. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was just going through Danny Boyle's uh, directorial filmography. Sure. This is probably the last one. This is probably his worst movie. Oh, you, yeah. You mean the one you like the least? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I haven't um, seen I'm, T2's Train Spotting. I wasn't really a big Train Spotting guy. Nah, me either. I I actually haven't been a huge Danny Boyle guy. I didn't. I don't even think Slumdog Millionaire is really all that great. I love Slumdog Millionaire. It's fine, and I love it's, The Beach. Twenty Eight Days Later. I do like The Beach. Yeah. Oh, uh, what else? Yo, you, oh, you said one hundred twenty-seven hours. Steve Jobs. Oh, I know yeah. you like Steve oh, Jobs. Oh, I do love Steve Jobs. What yeah. is up with you, Danny? Yeah. Come on, Danny. Uh, what was it? Uh, not sun, sun, solar or Solaris? Oh, Solaris. Yeah. Never yeah. mind. I do like a lot of Danny Boyle stuff. <laughs> Man, he's kind of he's kind of he's and this is great, but he does a lot of different kinds of stuff. So. Yeah, he really does. Very nice. Anything else you wanted to say about this? There's so much I want to talk about in spoilers. That's it. I think that's it. You just got to wait until spoilers to talk about it. Yeah, I think that's right. No post-credit scene. <laughs> uh, are you sure? Did you stick around? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I, I, I stuck halfway around, then I just looked it up on my phone. I'm like, okay, yeah. I yeah. confirmed it via two sources. I stuck around just because I wanted to keep hearing the music. Oh, yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, nobody in my theater was waiting around to, um, uh, you know, see if there was a post-credit scene. Yeah. Everybody was just listening around, just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh, I can't leave yet. I love this song. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. There are thoughts on yesterday. A very strange kind of half recommend, even though I really didn't like it. Like I, I don't mean recommend in the sense of you got to go see this. I just mean you might like this. You might have a good time with it. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's one of those strange movies where I can see people having a pleasant enough experience watching it. And I I have become aware in my own watching a bunch of movies that my taste continues to get more specific. And I think that's normal. Um, and I have always wanted to fight that as a movie critic because I've seen it happen to other movie critics where their taste gets so specific. Uh, they see so many movies that it has to be something really special to have a good time. And I don't want that to happen to me. Um, but I do think there's a lot frustrating here. Well, so. we're coming off of a year that was inundated with magnificent movies. Yeah. So I don't know if it's, you know, the fact that we see so many movies in general or the fact that, you know, we've just had such a high bar set f- because of last year, especially. Man, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's not been a good year. No, it, it has not been a good year. Speaking of that... <laughs> Awful transition, but yeah. <laughs> You're ready to move into the uh, the halfway awards. Um, it is I can't even of, believe it's halfway. It's the end of June, man. Six months down, six months to go. Yeah. I was just telling somebody uh, recently, man, award season better nail it. Because I need some good movies. Ad Astra better bring it. I'm not going to be able to fill out my 41. No. Like, I'm going to be putting C minuses in my top 41 of the year. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous right now. Um, before, however, we get into the uh, halfway awards, I do want to mention we're going to be doing a giveaway. Uh, mm. We have three uh, sets of uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out and Jordan Peele's Us on Blu-ray. Cool. Uh, so Blu-ray, DVD, digital code um, that we are going to be giving away. And it's very, very simple. 
Uh, anybody who sends in a SIFT quest in the month of July will be entered, and then we'll give them in, uh, give them away at the end of the month of July. So that's cool. Uh, so anybody who has their SIFT quest used uh, on the show over the next month, um, we will. Uh, Wait, does that we'll include me? Because we used mine last week. <laughs> no. Mm. No, no, it does not. Oh, poop. Uh, so, yeah, so just hit us up. Feedback at Sifpop.com. Sifpow. Sifpop.com. Feedback at Sifpop.com with your SifQuest. And I will tell you this. Um, we may prioritize audio questions. That'd be fun to hear from people. So if you want to record Ooh. yourself asking a question on audio and sending it our way, um, we can play that on the show. So, again, feedback at SifPop.com. Looking forward to giving and those away. And it's required that you do your best Nigel Thornberry impersonation whenever mm-hmm. you're doing this, Sure. Too. Yes, yeah. exactly what Andrew says. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's time today. Safe quest. It's a great Nigel Thornberry. Well, thank you. It's very nice. All right. Let's get into it. Our halfway awards. Let's... Uh, uh, let's start with performances and then do movies. Cool. That's how we like to usually do it. Yeah. Um, I found six performances in the first half of the year that I wanted to highlight. Uh, and I think we're going to pick our top three, right? Yeah. Um, so I think we'll just start at three and go to one and then maybe I'll mention the others. Cool. cool uh, if we cool, want to do cool. it that way. Why don't you kick us off? What's your number three performance of the year so far? Chris Hemsworth, Endgame. Hemsworth over Downey, yes. Interesting. Because I would I th- have him, I would have him third at the at the best in that movie. Really? Yeah, Evans and Downey are incredible in that movie. Yeah, but I think that Chris is asked to do something really unique in this movie, mm-hmm. um, for what his character is going through, you know. Yeah. And for him to play it off so well, for there to be such high laughs from that character mm-hmm. and then such low moments you know i think that he's going back and forth between being hilarious and actually kind of depressing you know yeah. because his depressing moments are genuinely like depressing like if you think about it like yeah thor went through some stuff like the so- psychological ramifications of what happened in infinity war and how that plays off on him in this movie while at the same time still being really funny, I found very impressive. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Good choice. Uh, my number three is Taron Edgerton from Rocket Man. Oh, cool. Uh, this is, and I know you haven't seen it, uh, this is a great performance. And he's singing all the songs, uh, which I really respect. Well, he's sang a bunch of Elton John songs in other not, movies. I was going to say, it's not the first time he's sung Elton John songs. Exactly. Uh, but he really gives it his all. The movie itself suffers from a few things, but is just an, just an interesting movie overall. And I, I really do dig that performance. You felt the love tonight? I, t- I did, actually. Were you still standing after the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm done. No, I, you can go on as well. I love it. Keep no, going, man. No. Number two. Number two. Zachary Levi, Shazam. Nice! I, I have I have him as well. Real, at number two? Not at number two, but he was one of the six I wanted to talk about. Okay. He is perfect. Yeah. It, perfect that's exactly casting. what it is. That's It's the perfect, perfect casting. casting thing. Yep. Yeah. Like, he gets this character so much. I was kind of nervous, you know, going into this, because I I love Shazam. He's one of my favorite DC characters. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they understood what this character was all about, that it's a kid turned into a superhero. And then when you watch it, you look at Zachary Levi. He's shredded. He has an awesome suit. But you can still tell that's a kid. Yeah. It's amazing. 
He does such a good job. That's so good. Funny. I'm glad you had him in the top three. I was going to mention him if if uh, if you didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Zach Levi is so great as Shazam. It's a great choice. Yep. What you got? Uh, my number two is Robert Downey Jr. from Endgame. Good. Yeah. Um, I enjoy uh, what he does. I think he's phenomenal in this movie. He's asked to do a lot. Um, not going to spoil things, but he's asked to do a lot. Yeah. And uh, and it is it is a great performance. So it was my favorite performance in the movie. Uh, and, and I don't I think begrudge anybody who doesn't think Hemsworth. I get it. I mm-hmm. get why people are saying Evans and Downey are like their number one picks. Yeah. But yep. I think it's the fact that I'd seen Downey do that in other movies. And I'd seen Evans do that. But I think Chris Hemsworth was the most jarring. And the fact that he pulled it off is why I had him. But no. Downey kills it in that movie. He's Great. so good. Yep, I agree. I think we had the same number one. I don't think we do. No, really? I'm almost positive we don't. Okay. Lupita Nyong'o and us. It's a great choice. It was in my honorable mentions. Really? Yeah. Okay. Man, she's so good. Yeah. I was let down by the movie, but man, she's so good. Yeah. She's doing two different performances. (laughs) She's so good. One of the best actresses working today. Yeah. No, I I think it's a great choice. Uh, Definitely has to be mentioned. Um, I think you're probably right. My uh, issues with the movie probably keep me from connecting to the performance a little bit. Yeah. Um, But she is doing some incredible work there. So I have no problem with her being at number one. Yeah. None at all. So. My number one, which I think is different from what you have, Producer Phil. Um, So you may not have the picture set up to go, which is fine. Uh, But my number one is Robert Pattinson uh, from High Life. Oh, he has it ready to go. Look at that. He is is the producer of all producers. Man, I want to see this movie. Uh, It is something else, man. Uh, It is... trippy, huh? It's trippy, but it's so... It's so, I don't even know how to say it. I want to say intimate. Like, it's one of those movies that just feels like, okay, you're really understanding. As weird as the situation is, you're really understanding what this person is going through. Yeah. Um, without spoiling things, it's it's hard to go into details about what this movie is, what it's about, <laughs> any of those kind of things. Do you but, know that scene in Ex Machina where um, they're doing, like, the, the synchronized dancing, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I think this movie is for, like, two hours. It just felt... <laughs> like this weird fever dream of a movie it's not that it, it is not that but yeah. i can see how you would think that yeah um, but he's good he's great he's so good uh i and i'm glad he's getting the positive attention he deserves after kind of the twilight hate yeah. uh which i well, understand well, i get that kind of stuff happens batman. that is true yeah. He, he is he is Batman. Good job, Bruce. I'm fascinated by that. Do you have any others you want to mention? I have a couple more I can mention. I will let you go. Um, actually, just one more I want to mention because you took uh, actually a couple of mines. Cool. Uh, and that's Caitlin Deaver from Booksmart. Um, oh, I so still haven't seen this yet. She is great. They're both that's great. Caitlin yeah, Deaver, yeah. Okay. And I, I, <laughs> this one right here. It's <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> It's an audio podcast, she's crazy. Andrew. It's an audio podcast. Uh, yeah, she's amazing. She actually was on that Tim Allen show. 
uh, is where the first time I ever saw her was. Home uh, Improvement? No, not Home Improvement. <laughs> uh, although it is, it is basically, it's basically Home, it's home basically Improvement. It's basically Home Improvement. Yeah. Uh, no, it's... Uh, yeah, last, last Man Standing, I think is what it's called, which is different than Last Man on Earth. Yeah. Uh, two very different shows. But anyway, since then, she has expanded in, into all these different roles, and I just think she's so great in this. Feels so authentic. Uh, she, to me, is the one character in Booksmart that feels the most authentic to me uh, the rest of them feel like people i just don't know like people i've never met they may exist but she feels like somebody i might know you know yeah uh and that says a lot to me so i really enjoyed that performance so yep. there you go nice that's all i had to mention sweet sauce um, movies yeah let's talk about the only three movies i liked so far this year <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's not true that's that's not true it's just what's weird is like you think of like for me like book smart or high life or you know some of these couple of these movies i've talked about yeah there's lots of things i really like about them and then there's usually just like one big thing where i'm like i just can't i can't do it with this movie yeah um so because of that there really are only three that you know yeah. i was considering so yeah, I was upset that I didn't have one movie in my top three, but I understand that there's another movie that's actually better, even though mm -hmm. I don't like it more, if that makes sense. Sure. So, No, that yeah. makes sense. But uh, man, do you rough say, year. Do you want to say what it was? What your fourth one would have been? Godzilla. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. No, totally. I get it. So. All right. Uh, I, you, I've got your number one at my number three. I have, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, which is Endgame, right? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we'll wait till you get to it at number one to talk about okay. it then. But it is it was a great experience, and I just have enough issues with it that I couldn't uh, vault it up and I higher get it. than that. There are issues with that movie. Uh, what's your number three? Us. Yeah. Again, major issues with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I gave this movie a B. Uh huh. And it's in my top three. <laughs> I think I ended around a B with it. Yeah. Um, so it was that ending, man. Yeah, that ending ruined everything. It was such a good. I think movie. it's more than the ending, but we've talked about this. I I think the whole the whole movie sets up so much. Uh, it it wants it wants to say, hey, look at this cool, interesting thing we've created, but none of it makes sense. Yeah, it's a visual masterpiece. It's visually stunning, and the performances are great. Metaphorically beautiful. Actual script. Actual story nonsense. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a tough thing. Yeah, so you're number three. Uh, my number three was Endgame, which we talked about. Oh, okay, about, so you're we'll number two. My number two is Apollo 11. Um, this is phenomenal filmmaking. Oh, the documentary, yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I have never seen a documentary like this where I was so engaged in the process of making the documentary. Every few seconds in this thing, I'm like, how did they do this? Like, how the man hours that it must have taken to match up, because they took, you know, uh, hundreds, thousands of hours of actual audio recordings from the control room mm -hmm. and then matched it up with hundreds of thousands of hours of video from the control room and so you're kind they were of just out of sync that were out of sync before and so they're finding where they go and that kind of stuff wow. there are the 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 most incredible thing about this movie and why i recommend uh, as high a quality situation as you can watch it in watch it because the film that they discovered that was shot uh, about us going to the moon for the first time, I shouldn't say discovered, they knew it was there, but that they they finally brought out of the archives or whatever, mm -hmm. is pristine. 
pristine. And it's incredible to see footage from literally 50 years ago, uh, because we're hitting the 50th anniversary here of the moon landing, right? Yeah. 50 years ago, look like it was shot on a 4K camera today. Like, it is... Like, you feel like you have gone back in time. There are moments in this movie where you're like, oh, this is a recreation. No, there are no recreations in this movie. It is all actual footage. That's super cool. Um, it is. It is fascinating. It is super cool. And the whole movie is like that, by the way. No interviews, no modern footage, nothing. It is all just footage archived. and audio that is archived from the actual situation. And it's put together in such a fascinating, compelling, and interesting way. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that, that helps you along are you know, like subtitles. I don't mean subtitling like the, the speaking. I just mean like you know information. Uh, that'll put up there like this far as the distance or you know that kind of thing sure. so yeah um and maybe a couple charts there may be a couple charts about trajectories those kind of things i don't exactly remember all i know is i was flabbergasted by this thing it's really great work perfect one two double feature with first man yeah um to kind of feel the the technical aspect of it and then feel the emotional aspect of it. Do you think that First Man is making this movie suffer from, you know, audiences wanting to go see it? They're like, I just saw the Gosling movie. I don't need yeah. to go see a documentary. I don't know. I can't speak for everybody else. I will say if that's the case, let that go. Like, there's definitely value in both of them. So Cool. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. Well, my number two is your number one, so we can talk about my <laughs> number one, then your number one. Fair enough. My number one is Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. It was just from a, you know, a Marvel fan base, you know, it was just wish fulfillment. Everything we'd wanted to see them do in Marvel movies, they finally did. They put mm -hmm. it, they saved it all for this movie. It's grand, it's funny, it's, you know, tense, it's emotional, it's mm -hmm. sad. It's it just covers the basis of everything. Like you said, there are actual you know, if you start thinking about it, you know, whenever you get into that element, you know, you're like, well, that, you know, this time is, you know, it's interesting. You know, you can't, <laughs> you got to be careful because there are some people out there that will just nitpick to death. I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm no, talking I about actual, like, theoretical physicists and sure. stuff like that. They're like, they're just going to break it down. And it's going to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> well, it was, uh, it was a case of my fears being realized. You know, I, when yeah. I, when I became aware that there was going to be time travel in Endgame. Yeah. Uh, that it looked like that was the route to go. I was very nervous, and I think that was an uh, an accurate nervousness. Uh, yeah. Because you just can't... It, my brain just won't settle for certain things when it comes to time travel, especially if you lay out the rules and then break your own rules. That's the thing. Or try to lay out two different sets of rules that are competing. Like, all that stuff just... My brain won't handle it. It just doesn't handle it very well. Um, having said that, I still added a number three. It's still an A minus for me. And in a year like this year, <laughs> A minus is like an A plus. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a great time. There are, like you said, moments in this movie that are the most exhilarating moments I've ever felt in the movie theater. Yeah. Uh, to to f just feel the energy of that opening night crowd was. I, I'll, I'll never forget it. And that's why it's number one for me. Yeah. Just because there... I get it. I, I can totally get that. I, I don't think I'll ever feel the, those, you know, emotions like mm -hmm. that again. That infectious crowd, you know, realization that something is happening. You know, you're like, oh, we're all in this together, you know. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that, you know, is what makes a movie 
special for me. Mm-hmm. And this isn't my favorite Marvel movie. It's not my favorite Marvel. Um, but it has the biggest moments of any Marvel movie for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So I get that. I totally understand that. Yep. And I think it's valid. I so, really do. Yep. So now my number two slash your number one. Toy Story 4. Yep. Uh, Beautiful movie. It is better than I could have ever imagined. I was not ready for how uh, introspective and deep the movie was going to go. I have to go actual, you know, visual on this part. <laughs> it's an audio podcast, Andrew. I'd never noticed this part right here before where he's looking at the fork and the spoon and he's like, wait, which one? <laughs> I'd never noticed that before. And I love that. That's great. Uh, Forky is a great character. Forky is a great character. Um, you know, it's been interesting. What's been interesting about this movie to me since it's come out, which has only been a couple weeks, is to hear the different insights that people have on the themes of this movie and how it's impacted them. Mm. Uh, Forky is this interesting character that I think a lot of people are placing themselves into and feeling different things about their own lives and their own. Um, you know, journeys and those kind of things. Yeah. You know, I think the the parental stuff is very clearly in the intention here. Yeah. You know, there's a real clear intent about what it means to let go as a parent, what it means to bring up, you know, a child. Um, but there's so much existential work being done here thematically that it really does offer this nice little platform for people to kind of lay their life on and go, here's where I see myself. And I think that to me is the sign of you know, really great movie. Yeah. Uh, and beside all of that, it's just fun. You got it's a one plush, of the most, plush rush. It's just one of the most fun movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and that all that together makes it a, an A plus for me. So yeah. I had a great time. I totally get it, man. I, I went home that weekend and watched all the other Toy Story movies. Again. Did you I, ha- really? I had to. Uh, How and did uh, the first Toy Story hold up? Not well, technically, yeah. obviously. Uh, it's rough. It's really rough. The story's great. Yeah. I, I am fascinated by the fact that all four of these movies really have a lot of the same things to say, but they say it in different ways. Yeah, They are all existential in their own way. They're all about, they're all Woody's story. I think that's become clear. This whole universe is about Woody. Uh, Buzz was the first thing that gave him... Uh, you know, a new introspection on thing. But every movie is a different way for Woody to understand his existence, to understand his purpose, to understand why he's here. Uh, Toy Story 3 was fascinating having just seen Toy Story 4 because it's almost like, and there's no way because it was nine years before the movie came out, but it's almost like a two-parter. It really is. You watch some of that stuff in Toy Story 3. There's a moment where they're talking about Bo Peep towards the beginning of Toy Story 3 that having seen Toy Story 4 is really interesting and fascinating. Hmm. Um, so it's just, I don't know. I just have such respect for what they've done with these movies. And, I you know, 10 years from now when Toy Story 5 comes out and everybody's having the exact same conversation about, our, I thought we were done with these movies. Why do they, what are they? I'll be the one going, listen, we've yeah, had that feeling worked. the last two times. So it's worked. just give them a chance. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do love Toy Story 4. Yeah. So that's my man. number one. Yeah. Good call. Do you have any honorable mentions? Like no, not yeah. really in the movie. I mean, I would mention things like Us, High Shazam. Life, uh, Shazam, just movies that have these decent. Si- um, Happy Death Day to You is another one that I that I really I still enjoyed. Seen the second one. Uh, so stuff like that that I enjoyed, but just isn't a great movie. You know, it just to, yeah. to kind of get in 
to the awards and to give something, you know, to give Shazam was probably my number four. Shazam probably would have been the one I might have been able to, to go, okay, let's go ahead and call it worthy of an award. But it's just hard to say, you know, something like Happy Death Day to You, as fun as it is, to mm-hmm. go, you deserve the number three movie, the halfway award. It's just, yeah. we, you know, it's just not that movie. It's not that great. Yeah. And even though I like the movie, but you hate it. Um, <laughs> Which one's that? Serenity. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's fun. Or John Wick or Aladdin. Even the Lego movie part or to the second part, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a freaking hilarious movie. Yeah. I think if I were to get close to, like, you know what? I actually love this movie and I want to give it a shout out. It would probably be Alita, Battle Angel. Okay. Because I love that movie. No, that's fair but enough. But it's, it's number six. For, on the year for me? Yeah. It's just, it's a bad year for movies, man. All right, I'll shout out uh, High Flying Bird uh, on Netflix. I enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, the um, basketball movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed Captain Marvel, so shout that out. Uh, I enjoyed Triple Frontier on Netflix. Oh, yeah, so, you did like that movie. Uh, I was at 18. I can, I can shout that out. Uh, long Shot? Do you have Long Shot fairly high? I, I, not fairly high, but enough that I, you know, The Kid Who Would Be King. Uh, isn't bad. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. I would put it on the same level of like Happy Death Day to You or those kind of things. Yeah. Um, Fire, the Fire Festival festival documentary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's not, that's not awful. You got to love watching uh, Trainwreck for two hours. Documentary called Too Funny to Fail. I enjoyed that. That's on Hulu. Um, yeah. That was about the Dana Carvey show and is really funny and really interesting. Yeah. So there's stuff like that where I can go, okay, you know, Aladdin as well. I had a good yeah. time at that. But it's just not It's not that level where I want to go, you know what the number three movie of 2019 yeah. is? Yeah. I just, I, it's just, it's a weird year. Yeah. And so. I had high hopes for movies like uh, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's going to be interesting. I mean... Zach Efron's good in it, but it's, I don't know. I have a lot of movies right in that B range. They're just like, eh, it's okay. It's okay. That's okay. Uh, there's a lot to like about it. There's also a lot not to like. I had Escape Room in that B range. You know, there's a, there's a lot yeah. to like about Escape Room. Um, Instant Family is in that for me. Yeah. Um, the Perfection even. Did you ever get around to seeing The Perfection? No. The Perfection is a really interesting, fascinating movie, but it's just kind of, it's, yeah, it's okay. I can see what people like it. There are three movies I had such high hopes for that just totally missed the ball. Like, they're not good movies. I mean, it's that year, yeah. for sure. I was super like, oh, there's no way these movies can fail, and then they failed. <laughs> the biggest one is Glass. Yeah, Glass which I liked so more hard. than you, but yeah. yeah. Brightburn failed really Ooh, hard i was that's a rough one. so stoked for that and even detective pikachu i was like there is such a m- missed opportunity that yeah. movie could have been so good yeah it just feels like that's the whole year right yeah, like the whole better. year is full of these movies that it's like i get it oh you love your how to train your dragons where do you is the number third one laying land for you it's in that kind of same range maybe just, just a tad, okay. tad above that but i mean yeah it's just like it's yeah i, I really enjoyed yeah. that movie but you know why i love how to train your dragon three because of because of how to train your dragon one and two yeah i love those characters i love being in that world it's not like there's anything spectacularly special about three yeah there's some gorgeous moments in it there's some interesting character choices but that movie's kind of a mess in a lot of ways yeah so it's just so where does dumbo rank Uh. (laughs) (laughs) the bottom 
Dumbo is the Dumbo is the one on my list that it's like I almost just want to delete it off the list. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> as much of a completist as I am and keeping track of data. It's like can we just pretend that never existed? Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the worst movies of the year? Sure. Because uh, I I uh, I pretty much just saw mine. My least favorite movie of the year is Battling for Dumbo. At least yesterday. Yeah. No. Oh. No. The Dead Don't Die. Oh, it's that bad? Oh, I hated that movie. Oh, that's a shame. No, I think you'll like it. No, I think a lot of people will like it. I just... It is, is it intentionally bad? And no. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, kind of. But not in that... Not in the way I think you're thinking. Intentionally dumb. Mm, more, like a, more like it feels... And somebody on Twitter told me that it, this is actually the intention of the movie. It feels like a troll job. It feels like Jim Jarmusch is, like, trolling the audience. Yeah. Uh, and I just... I did not enjoy it at all. Fair enough. So... My but anyways, two, that's yeah. yeah, that would be competing for my worst movie of the year right my now. My two worst are Men in Black International and Dumbo. Yeah. Yes. And this is why we don't talk about our worst, because it just makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> but we got a fun sis quest. Yeah, we do. How about that segue? Well, that's, that was a beautiful segue. Uh, before we get there, yes. uh, let's talk about our Sip Pop members. Huge thank you to two new members two. since last week. Yep, two new members this week. Uh, Sebastian, thank you so much. Sebastian uh, is a member at $5 a month, so he'll get to hang out every month on the video hangout. And then Stu is a member of the roofing crew, the Sif Pop roofing crew. Do you know this one? The what? So this is a fan-led... Uh, category of the Sif Pop membership. This okay. was not in there originally, but this was requested. So the roofing, the roofing crew actually puts a roof over my head. So anytime you sign up as a member of the roofing crew, which is twenty bucks a month or more, I go on my roof and sign a shingle with your name and video it and post it to social media uh, and give you a shout out. So, so yeah. So I'm going to be signing a shingle for Stu. On my roof, because he's literally putting a roof over my head. So, you know, that's and that was all a fan led thing. They were like, because I think I said something about it on one of the hangouts, and they're like, oh, that totally needs to be a, you know, a level. Don't so. fall, Aaron. <laughs> Don't fall. So, thank you, Stu. What would I do with my Saturdays? <laughs> I don't know. You'd figure out something. Uh, no, I, not that I miss you or anything like no, that. No, I was just, what no. would I do with my Saturdays? Yeah, you just be begrudging the extra time. Yeah. Uh, thank you to all the Sif Pop members, and thank you to new members Stu and Sebastian for joining up. If you want to be a member of Sif Pop, you can find out all the details on the roofing crew and all the other levels uh, at patreon.com slash Sift Pop. Uh, it is really humbling uh, that people actually give money for us to keep to doing this so thank you so much we do appreciate it again that's patreon.com slash sifpop if you want to be a sifpop member uh all right this sift quest comes from aaron uh not me a different aaron via email says this the problem i have with these disney quote-unquote live action remakes is that it generally does not bring anything new to the table with that in mind what are your best ideas for creative teams to make them more compelling he gives a quick list of suggestions, which I will run through. Quentin Tarantino for The Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> uh, Edgar Wright for The Great Mouse Detective. I, I like that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Taika Waititi, who we talked about, doing The Aristocats. Fascinating. Christopher Nolan doing Hercules. Whatever that movie is going to be. And Damien Chazelle doing The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Those are good choices, Aaron. Appreciate those. Uh, so let's chat about it a little bit. Now, I will say this. Notre Dame is the college. <laughs> oh, 
Is that a Notre Dame? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will. I will say. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I will say this. <laughs> Punchback of the Fighting Irish. <laughs> Disney is already kind of trying to do this, right? Yeah. Like, that was the whole Tim Burton doing Dumbo thing, is to take a unique director and assign it to a property. Yeah. Uh, if, of all the things about Dumbo, you wouldn't necessarily say it's just like the first one. You know, it is different. Very racist. <laughs> it, is. it is different. Like, yeah. he's making different choices. The plot is it's probably the most different of any of the ones that they've done. Uh, and yet it's also the worst. So I don't know that the solution is different um i i think for me again there's enough different that i like it people talk about beauty in the beast being shot for shot and i don't understand that at all it feels like a very different story because there's backstory given there's new plot developments in that movie that aren't in the first one uh so but again that's just me i know i'm alone in that everybody else feels like it's exactly the same so how would you do this so i think that there are like examples i actually think aladdin is the best of the live action remakes because it adds so much to the story with you know jasmine's whole story arc and actually being a you know a character instead of just you know uh pretty much a statue for something Mm -hmm. to or a, a jewel or a a prize for Aladdin to win in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, she actually she's given something here. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, Will Smith is good as a genie. He's not going to live up to Robin Williams. Nobody, nobody can. could. Yep. Yeah, nobody could. But I think that they did. You know, a pretty good job with Aladdin. I was surprised with how good. Another thing that I really am excited about with the prospects for all these live action remakes is to fix cultural irregularities mm-hmm. yeah a lot of things were you know changed with aladdin you know, sure. you know and i i hear there's going to be a lot of things changed with mulan you know so going back and you know changing mistakes of just westernizing everything right. for a market sense you know as opposed to actually showing respect for a culture right so i'm excited about that now getting into directors for sure, specific uh, things unless you have something you want to add to like that no general. let's talk about let's talk about the directors we chose for the properties guillermo del toro for the little mermaid that's what i have to really <laughs> yeah really yeah oh i just think that's perfect i don't know if it's because of the shape of water but <laughs> man i just think that he would be perfect for that he just had such a he's it's a practical effects it's a movie that just really yearns for practical effects. i totally agree i totally agree and his sensibility of the idea of the mermaid culture could be very fascinating. Yeah. So it just depends on how much, again, it, with these directors doing these properties, these properties are overseen now by uh, almost, a, I, I call them shepherds, but they're kind of above the directors. So you think of like Star Wars. They're producers. Yeah. Well, I know, tec- <laughs> I know technically they're producers, but they're more than producers. Producers have never had like this, this visible a role with movies as Kevin Feige has with the Marvel movies. There's a, there's I see a, what you're saying. There's a different term for Kevin Feige than just producer. There should be because he Feigles. is. He is. It's okay. We can call him Feigles then. Yes. Uh, so you've got you know the, the different Feigles for these different properties, and it's you know Disney is going to be overseeing this. So it'll be interesting to see how much directors are you know how much leeway they're given. I feel like Tim Burton was given a lot of leeway, uh, and I don't think that worked out. So it'll be fascinating to kind of see. But, yeah, I think Del Toro would be be great for Little Mermaid. Yeah. Um, man, I, I forgot who I was going to 
pick here. Do you want me to do another one? Yeah, because i got to find it now. I want to see Greta Gerwig do The Emperor's New Groove. Yes, please. Right? Yeah. It feels good to me. Yeah. Um, I just think she would have that perfect sense of humor sensibility. Uh, I just look at something like Lady Bird and kind of what she brought to the authenticity and sense of humor of that character. And it feels so much like um, like that character, that central character. So it, it'll be fascinating. Yeah. I was going to say Taika Waititi for uh, Rescuers. Mm. Wait, that is Disney, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's a good choice. Yeah. I was thinking of... Is that a uh, geographical choice? Like Rescuers Down Under? Well, yeah, he did do... Re- or there is the Rescuers Down Under. Uh-huh. I just think that, you know, him doing... Oh, I take it back. Wes Anderson for Rescuers. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Make, make a stop motion version of the Rescuers. You ready for the perfect movie that I never want to see? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, David Lynch's Fantasia. Oh, man. (laughs) No, Terrence Malick's Fantasia. Oh, I want to see that even less. Yeah. (laughs) David (laughs) Venture. What are you thinking? I'm thinking of uh, the Nightmare Mountain and how horrifying it would be. (laughs) Yeah. Having... Uh, what's that uh, character's name? The uh, the devil, it, uh, Chernabog. Uh-huh. How horrifying David Fincher's Chernabog Why well, I said be. David Lynch. Oh, David, no, that's what I meant. David yeah, yeah, Lynch, yeah. 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 David Lynch's Chernabog. <laughs> David Fincher, yeah, that's less. Yeah, But yeah, David, yeah. That would be horrifying. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see a David Fincher Disney property, too. <laughs> Who can we match him up with? Oh, gosh. It's got to be something depressing. <laughs> right. Maybe he could do, like, Sword and Stone. Something like Ooh. that. Or maybe David Fincher's Fox version of Robin Hood. I thought you were going to say Fox and the Hound. David <laughs> Fincher's Fox and the Hound. <laughs> the bear actually kills them both <laughs> at the end right. of the movie. That's right. That's yeah. right. Either that... Oh, no, the David Fincher Fox and the Hound, you would find out that the Hound was actually his uh, split personality the entire movie. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. That'll work. That'll work. you have any more? Um, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think, has Spielberg ever done a Disney movie? I No, not that I know of. Unless, is, we're talking just cartoons. Yeah. I would be interested. I mean, as close as he is, I mean, he founded DreamWorks, so like, yeah. I, you know, I doubt that that's... It's true. Something he'd be on board for. Maybe seeing Steven Spielberg do something like... I want to say Snow White, just but they've already done Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah. So. Yeah, Snow White's already been done. Yeah, so... And I'm not going to lie, I actually like the Snow White and the Huntsman. Do you? But what's the second one? I don't even know, The man. second one is horrible. Yeah, those didn't click with me. The first one I liked, just because Charlie's Throne so good. But what do you got? You, you probably have some more. No, 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 that was it. Okay. I just had the Greta the big Gerwig. One, big one for me was Guillermo del Toro and Little Mermaid. Yeah. Just, it just makes sense, right? Yeah, just it really it. does. It's just, just the a, perfect match. Just announce it now, and we'll be done with it. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to our buried treasure for the week. What's the one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure that people know about? I'm going to go with the show on the History Channel. Ooh. It's called Forged in Fire. All right, tell me about it. So it's a show about blacksmiths. Okay. And it's a competition show where every single week they bring in a new set of blacksmiths, and they are given parameters to build a specific... Uh, weapon from history okay whether it be like a spy hander or a viking axe or something like that and it's just showing you know this almost 
forgotten, you know, skill that so is you can tell that there's love and blood and passion put into it and seeing these guys just try so hard to honor you know the ancestors and the uh, the steel workers and the blacksmiths that came before them and you see just how smart these guys are their knowledge of how metal works mm-hmm. it's fascinating i love this show yeah yeah, I think uh, it it reminds me a lot of going There's, to Silver Dollar City and you the know, blacksmith there, yeah, and watching the blacksmith or the glass blower or mm-hmm. you know these different ancient arts of creating things. You know, it's yeah, fascinating. There's a YouTube channel called Man at Arms Reforged where they remake uh, uh, weapons from video games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This is or an anime and stuff like that, but it's uh, this is more like it's got to be historically you know, sound, you know, there's not really people making, um, you know, clouds buster sword from final fantasy seven <laughs> that weighs 300 pounds, you know, right. it has to be a authentic wieldable weapon. And sometimes the prettiest weapons don't always win. It's like, yeah, it looks beautiful, but it doesn't feel good in the hand. It's not sharper than, you know, this uglier blade. And right. they always go for performance over style. So it's really interesting to see how people uh, tackle each challenge. Very nice. Speaking of uh, people tackling challenges, yep. another reality show for my buried treasure. Uh, we're going to go with Holy Moly. Holy Moly. Have you seen Holy Moly? Uh, it's been on my Hulu recommended, and I almost uh, almost clicked on it. Oh, my goodness. This show is so funny. Uh, it is it is a wacky, wild uh, reality show in the vein of, like, Wipeout. Did you ever watch Wipeout? Yeah, I so love it's, Wipeout. It's like Wipeout meets miniature golf. And it's it's the commentators are really funny. Rob Riggle, is Rob Riggle is just great. Is so great. His deadpan delivery. It's actually Steph Curry's the one that produces it. The basketball player really? Steph Curry, and so he's on you know a couple of the challenges that kind of thing. But it's it is like the the craziest game of miniature golf that you'll ever play. So basically they pair off and battle each other in these weird miniature golf holes. Like for instance, one of them, you know how in miniature golf you have to hit your ball through the windmill. Yeah. Well, in this case you have to hit your ball through the small windmill and then you have to walk through the large windmill that's spinning very fast. (laughs) And if you, and if you get knocked off of the miniature golf course, you lose a stroke. So, or you get penalized a stroke. So just stuff like that where it's, (laughs) It's just fascinating. I love the fact that I just looked up the cast for this, uh-huh. and I saw Kenny G was one of the top builds. <laughs> and I'm like, that was so funny. So, do you want me to tell you about that moment? Yeah. Okay, so one of the holes is called Distraction, and basically it's a, just a normal, straightforward hole, but from behind the wall, a different distraction will come every episode. And in the first episode, it was Kenny G. And so he's playing... To you while you're golfing <laughs> and trying to distract you. Oh man! Um, so yeah, it's it it's just weird like that. It is one of those. No oh, man, there yeah. he is, that curly haired beauty <laughs> of a man. Uh, it's an audio podcast, Andrew. Nobody can see that. Uh, it's an audio podcast. Well, if we're doing the video, then I have to mention it. <laughs> so, what's the point of having a YouTube channel if we're only doing audio? <laughs> uh, so, holy moly is what it's called, and it is. So you actually do recommend it then? I do. I've, okay. Okay. So for us. 
it's one of those everybody sit down in front of the TV. We're going to laugh for you know half an hour. Oh, that's kind cool. of shows. You to know, it's just like like get that. the family together and we are going to laugh at the, you know this thing that's going on. Well, last week you told me that Deal or No Deal was back on TV, and that's what I've been doing. I've been catching up on Deal or No Deal. <laughs> was it Deal or No Deal? I thought it was something else. No, it was Deal or No Deal. Because Howie even, Mandel, right? I didn't. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I you know what I was just thinking in my head. What I was thinking of the Wayne Brady one. Uh, let's make a deal. I was like, I don't watch Let's Make a Deal. No, 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 deal, no, no or deal or No Deal. deal. Yeah, yeah, it's still on TV. So you've been watching those? Oh, man, that was my favorite game show. Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. It's still on, man. It is still on. It they is. only took a 10-year hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Aaron. What? We just did a podcast. What? I know. We did it. We did a video podcast. Podcasting has happened. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about with the video part. But, Look at uh, this, this logo. It's crazy. <laughs> Look at this logo. That actually works if you're listening, too. You can probably look at that on your uh, on your device. Oh, so yeah. that's fine, Andrew, if you want to do that. <laughs> look at this logo. Is that how it goes? Graph. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching for Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out. A uh, huge thanks to Phil. And a huge thanks to producer Phil for putting it all together. And this is where you say a huge thanks to Aaron. And it just keeps going around in a <laughs> yeah, circle. Exactly. And it's very recursive. Yeah. We love it around here. Uh, we do appreciate you. If you want to check us out online, you can go to at Flick Freaks for all Andrew's social media. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at Aaron Dicer for all mine. Uh, much love and gratitude to our members of Sif Pop at Patreon for giving monthly to make Sif Pop happen. Support starts at three bucks a month. You get access to every bonus episode, which I think for our bonus episode this week, we're going to be talking about things in the world that we would least like to see disappear and things that we would most like to see disappear uh, from our world <laughs> as well. So that could be fun. But anyways, you get all those bonus episodes uh, right in your own podcast feed as a member of Sif Pop. And that's at every single level. So you want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash siftpop. Uh, also, your support directly helping Siftpop expand in 2019 to do a video on YouTube. So you can go check that out at youtube.com slash siftpop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Please comment, rate, throw stars at us on Apple Podcasts, uh, or you can email us, feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it. And that listening is much easier than remembering all the lyrics to Eleanor Rigby. Uh, we are going to be doing spoiler chat next on yesterday, uh, so you can check that out in your podcast feed. And then uh, next week we'll be back with uh, Spider Moon. Yeah, there's a Spider Man movie coming out. Yeah, but we're not going to do that. We're going to do uh, Midsummer instead. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, nobody wants to hear about Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, no, we'll be back next week. Uh, next week to talk about Spider Man into the Homecoming, Far From Verse. Far from. <laughs> Far from in. <laughs> we'll see you then.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.